Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. We're going to spend the, the remainder of our services talking through these things a little bit more. We wanted you to, to hear and see some of what happened in in the nation of Peru and to know and understand that it doesn't have to only happen in Peru. It doesn't only have to happen in South America or in Africa or India or Asia or somewhere foreign. Uh, the same God who is, who is Lord in Lima, Peru is Lord in Boone, North Carolina. Jesus is Lord everywhere and his power is available everywhere. And there is no... There is no difference. There is no spiritual climate uh, that, that faith cannot penetrate. A lot of times we go to these nations and we go and we see amazing things because we're excited, because we are expectant, because we, you know, you guys went to Peru for no other reason than to minister. You weren't on vacation, so that was, was what was on your mind. And so that's what you did was minister. And, and the power of God showed up and people got saved. Um, and that can happen here just as easily as it can there. We go to these trips and we think, oh man, it's the hunger of the people. The people in those nations are so hungry, so that's why God shows up. Um, and we, we, we say, oh, it's because of this, it's because of that. It's because uh, it's, there's, it's more spiritually dark in America. It's because it's this, it's because it's that. There is no spiritual climate that our faith cannot penetrate. Do you know why people got saved and healed and delivered? It's because these guys went there on purpose to see people saved and healed and delivered, and that's why it's happened. So if you and I wake up tomorrow morning with the same sense of purpose, that I'm going to see somebody saved, healed, and delivered today, then guess what will happen? You'll see somebody saved and healed and delivered. Amen? This is not something that is only isolated to foreign mission work. And it should not be that we should not tolerate this thing to only happen on foreign soil. Amen? Can you all talk to me this morning? I know I'm sitting down, but that doesn't mean anything. Uh, we should not tolerate, our faith should not tolerate this happening somewhere else and not here. If Jesus is real in your heart right now, these, these signs and wonders should follow us because we believe. Amen? That's what the Bible says. So we want to just talk about this and encourage you in it this morning. I have a couple scriptures. I think Brian has a couple scriptures. But we just want to have a conversation today uh, for a few minutes, and, and then we'll go eat lunch. Oh, praise God. But uh, let me read for you. This is kind of how I wanted to kick it off. And then, unless you have something else you want to say. Um, I want to read for you from Acts chapter 4. Keeping it, keeping in step with these same thoughts. Acts chapter 4. <laughs> this is the story of when Peter and John get arrested for doing ministry work. They healed someone, um, and the religious leaders did not like that they healed someone, and that they healed them in Jesus' name. They were pretty upset about that. So they arrested Peter and John, and then they brought him into the, into the area in, in the temple where they would try people. 
And so they kind of put him on trial. And there are all the rulers and all the elders and all the people there. And Peter and John are being questioned about why they did what they did. And Peter and John answer answer back very boldly. And this is what they say in verse 11. Says, Actually, let's read in verse 10. Says, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This guy had gotten, kind of like Brienne's testimony, this guy had gotten his, uh, his legs healed. He was begging for alms and he was a cripple. And uh, Peter and John raised him up. And uh, they got arrested for it, which kind of stinks. But they said, this is the reason that this man stands before you whole today, because of the name of Jesus. Verse 11, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has now become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which men must be saved. And here's the verse I wanted to get to. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Some things stand out to me in this. Number one, verse 12 says that they saw the boldness of Peter and John. They saw that these guys were not, they didn't have letters after their name. They weren't doctors and teachers of the law. They didn't wear long flowing robes. They didn't have anything that made them stand out as uh, spiritual. But what did make them stand out and what evoked the power of God into that situation was that they were bold, number one. The, the thing that I heard when you guys were up there talking mm-hmm. is boldness. I hear you, boldness. Mm-hmm. Vanessa walked into a mall and led somebody on the clock to the Lord. They, you know, pray for this person. They got healed. Joy was, you know, uh, initiating all these uh, conversations so that the translator could close the sale, you know, and just go in there and get them saved. What is that? That's boldness. What's it going to take to reach Watauga County for Jesus? A little more boldness. I want to challenge you this morning. You're not bold enough. Amen. Now, I look in the mirror when I say the same thing. But we're just not bold enough. You have the answer the, the answer to all that ails the world living in you. You have the light of the world living on the inside of you. We're not bold enough. We tolerate problems. We tolerate issues. We tolerate all kinds of things. And Jesus is the answer for all that, and he's living in us. Amen. So it says they, number one, says they were bold. They perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. And they saw their boldness, and they marveled. And they realized, this stuck out to me, they realized that they had been with Jesus. I want to challenge us this morning, and I want to talk around this a little bit. Do people, do people know that we've been with Jesus? Can they look at our boldness, number one? And number two, can they see that we've been with Jesus? What is, what is the residue that your life and witness leaves behind? Do people know that we've been with the Lord? Or do they know that we've been binge-washing? 
right? They've been binge watching Netflix. Or do they know, hey, there's something different about this person. They got something I don't have. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You want to say something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, I think just being in that type of environment with huge language barrier, a bunch of strangers, you know, um, who are already feeling afflicted in their bodies. But we really, I mean, had to die to self. I had to put my flesh under and not care. I don't, I don't care what you think about me. I don't care what they think about me. Am I saying the right thing when I pray? I mean, you know, all that, mm-hmm. like, you really just have to forget about that because, number one, it's not you doing the work. We're just the vessels. We're the conduit. Amen. You know, God will work through you. You just have to be willing and obedient. And number two, I just prayed the scripture. You pray the scripture. You know, yes. that, if you don't know what else to say, pray scriptures. Um, you know, so that was a big it was working through a lot of that being uncomfortable, you know, but you just get, the more you practice it, the more you feel, okay, this is okay. And it's, and who cares if they, maybe they might think you're weird or maybe they don't want you to pray. That's fine. So they told us, okay, so we move on. Um, But I just feel like a lot of times our image is just way too important to us, you know, at the expense of somebody's hurt or at the expense of their life. Um, You know, it's just not worth it at the end of the day. I mean, we're going to be in eternity. It's not worth it. So that was a good, it was such a good practice just to step out, step out in boldness. Mm. And I prayed for it. Lord, give me more boldness, you know. Let me not be afraid of their faces, you know. I mean, yes. just, and he's so faithful. He's so faithful. Um, yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, what were some of the things that as you, as you went down, did you find yourself fighting thoughts I mean, when it was time to pray for people? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, just not knowing, since we didn't have translators the whole time, we had a few phrases that we had learned in Spanish. Um, Donde esta el baño? Yeah, 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 where's the bathroom? That's right, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Um, yes. Bueno, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but we, so like not really knowing what the issue was. So, so a lot of times, you know, half the people I prayed for, we, we weren't quite sure. We would say, Donde te duele? Where is the pain? And so they would show us, but then, you know, not knowing why the pain was there. Um, And so that just moving through, okay, well, God, you know the answer. You know their heart. You know our heart. We're going to pray the word of God, and we're going to expect results. So really that was it. You know, like once you kind of break it down like that, it was pretty easy. But I think just the thoughts of, um, and even just praying with the people around me, you know, my team, they were... um, yeah, this was from Grant's team. Um, yeah, I'm like, I've never prayed with these people. Am I praying the right thing? Am I being too long-winded? You know, like dumb things. And you mm-hmm. obviously know, okay, that's the enemy. Just shut up, you know. Yeah. Um, that's not the spirit of God. So, yeah, working were, through that. Were there times when you, um, when you were tangibly aware of the power of God yes. going into somebody? Yes. Talk about that yeah. a little bit. Well, I know, like, a lot of times I'll just feel heat in my hands. You know, and that's the anointing and that, you know, many, many people say that and feel that. Um, And especially if if you've been prayed for and kind of received, you know, prayer for healing or whatever, but you can feel that heat Mm. almost. So we did feel that. And people would say, I feel lighter. I feel lighter. Mm. Um, One lady said, oppression, oppression is gone. Wow. Um, You know, that is just, and just their countenance. You see their countenance lift and change. 
But you can definitely feel the anointing on your life yeah. um, to pray for certain people. Um, also, the opposite, whenever they're not receiving, you know, you can feel that too. You, you know, yeah. you might not feel anything. But, again, we're not led by our feelings. So, yeah. okay, Lord, I prayed the scripture. I know your word will not return to you void, that yes. it's going to accomplish what you planned for it to accomplish. Yes. So just keeping that in my heart, you know, it doesn't matter what I feel. So. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, praise yeah. God. That's but just awesome. people, you know, after they would, re- we had lots of salvations. And so yeah. after receiving Jesus, just like thankful and like shouting out in the crowds, you know. And so other people are like, ooh, what's going on over there, you know. And they're like, okay. And it just stirred up the expectancy. Mm. Um, you know, we can expect that here too. Yes. Um, yeah. Talk about like um, your your heart and how you prepared to go to this trip and how how you would h- how do you intend to keep the fire of what you experience mm-hmm. going in your life and how could we encourage these folks to yeah. do the same like I know you spent a lot of time preparing your heart for mm-hmm. the trip um, what what now what does it look like now how do we keep that going in our community you know yeah I mean I think just sharing testimonies. That mm-hmm. is, people, you know, they come to Jesus through testimonies, yeah. through signs and wonders, um, just hearing what the Lord has done. So yeah. I need to tell people about what I've experienced, yes. you know. Um, we all need to tell people about what God has done in our lives. Yeah, Somebody needs to hear word. that. Um, we're, we're commissioned to do that. And I think just being intentional, I mean, is the biggest piece. Do I want to just leave what happened in Peru in Peru? Um, or do I want it to truly affect change in my life and in others? Um, just staying hungry, like, cause it's yeah. real easy to, yeah, just let that hunger go. Hmm. Um, let it fill myself up with other things. So I read a lot in the, in Acts, honestly, that really was in what happened in the early church. And we had these prayer team calls once a week since January, um, Thursday night at nine o'clock. And so we were just 16 of us that were on our initial prayer team. We would just, these people were from around the country, and so we would we would stir each other up. You know, mm. this is what we can expect, and this is, we're going to, let's pray for this. And we, we just prayed, you know, and that really, prayer is so foundational. It's yeah. such a foundational piece to whatever yes. we're going to do. Um, Amen. Yeah. Well, I, there's a couple things I want to talk about. You, you, you just touched about testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, and telling testimonies and how testimonies oftentimes stir up the expectancy of our heart. Yeah. They stir up, For sure. they, they stir up not faith really, but they stir up hope, yeah. you know, inside of us. So when we're, when, when you hear a testimony of something that God does, what does it make you want to do? I mean, it, it gets you excited, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's hope being stirred up on the inside of us. That's the, the expectation that our faith is going to come to pass. So, um, I wanted I wanted to hit on that a little bit because you guys have testimonies from your trip, but I would venture to say every person in this room has a testimony from some time in their life that God has done something for you, that you saw the hand of God, the miraculous hand of God, the power of God. Um, we need to be reminding ourselves of that, and we need to be sharing that with others. Um, so the first thing it does is it stirs up hope. The second thing, um, and I'm, I'm trying to remember if it's either the Hebrew or the Greek word for testimony, I believe that it's the Hebrew, but one of the definitions of it is to do it again. So the idea of telling a testimony opens the door for that power to be unleashed again. 
So um, not only does it stir up our own expectancy uh, and hopefully the expectancy of whoever we're sharing this with, yeah. but it really, it literally invites the power of God back into that situation in the same way. Um, I, I know that that's been true in my life. I'm sure you guys ha- have just even in talking about the memories that you made in Peru and the things that happened, your spirit gets excited about it as you talk about it. It's like you're, you're, you're ushered back into that moment again, spiritually speaking. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, the Bible says we're overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, it's, there's no denying. Um, I think, yeah, the more I tell them, the more I get expectant and yeah. hopeful. And um, I actually did want to share another testimony. Yeah, please. Um, this sweet little girl, she had neuropathy of her legs and her feet, and so which caused her not to be able to walk until she was four. And so she was still really um, unsteady. And um, so this mom brought her, and her older brother was there too, Sebastian. The little girl was Maria. But I just, um, she was sitting on the ground, you know, in the stadium. This was in the last day. And my team, we just went, we just prayed for her. um, And I just felt prompted, okay, let's stand up, you know. So we stood up, and we started walking. And then her pace got quicker and quicker, and she was practically running around the track. And her mom was sitting with one of our other ladies just crying and was saying she couldn't do that. She couldn't do that before. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, And so just for people, lots of people saw that, you know, and that was not, you know, it was nothing that I did. I was just there and being obedient to what the Lord called me to do there. Um, But that changes lives. I mean, that little girl now, like, to not, to be able to walk and play with your friends, I mean, that's everything. That's everything. Yeah. and the sweet older brother, his name was Sebastian, and he was beautiful. This 15-year-old, just beautiful boy, but he was so sad. And he, his mom said, she, he's depressed. You know, he's real depressed. And he, we finally got to the bottom of it, and he has a tooth that's like, it was just his smile. He did not like his smile. Mm. Um, and so we just prayed for him. You know, we didn't see anything happen, but um, we're just encouraging him. And we found out that he, his dad left. You know, and he's there as the man of the house now, 15. But um, mm. one of the other gentlemen, I just felt like he really needed a man to minister to him, you know. Mm. So we got another guy, David, who's probably in his 60s. And David was, you know, he was just asking him questions. Like, that's just something you can do. Just learn people's stories, you know. Mm. Tell me about what, you know, yeah, what do you do in school? Okay, what are you interested in? What do you want to study? And so Sebastian wanted to be a mechanical engineer, and um, David said, well, guess what? I was a mechanical engineer my entire life. Hmm. And so, you know, he just retired. And just like the details, you know, Mm. that's just what I love. Like, God is in the details. He cares. He cared about Sebastian enough to bring David, you know, anybody. I could have, like, because I just went and found him. I could have gotten anybody, but he knew this is who, Yeah. you know, so like, we, we expect the big and powerful, but then those little things, like, I don't know what hope that ministered to Sebastian now. Yes. Wow, this man, he's retired from a me- being a mechanical engineer. I can go do that, too. Like, that's so cool. I mean, living yeah. in this area of San Juan, which was full of poverty, just for him to have that hope. Yeah. is so good. Praise so, God. I know. I love that story. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it unlocks the, it unleashes the... Um, the compassion of Jesus yes, yes, on these people. Yes. Like something that we need to remember is that as we're ministering to people, we minister from a place of compassion. Yeah. And it's oftentimes the most compassionate thing 
that unlocks the most supernatural and powerful thing. It's really difficult to minister, to try to minister the power of God to somebody that you are not walking in compassion toward. If, if, if love and compassion is not the driving motivator, then, um, then it, it becomes very difficult to try to get the supernatural to be stirred up uh, in, an, in an experience like that. But um, I want to talk a little bit about that because, it, matter of fact, let me read the scripture. This comes from Matthew chapter 9. This talks directly about the, the compassion of Jesus. This is one of those evangelism scriptures that you hear people quote all the time. Matthew 9. We can read verse 35 and 36. Jesus went about all the cities and villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on to say, you know, the harvest plentiful, but the laborers are few. Pray the Lord the harvest. We, we know those, those last two verses, but we probably don't spend enough time talking about the first few verses that yeah. lead up to it. Um, before Jesus ever says the harvest is plentiful, he was moved with compassion. Um, and when, when you and I go to work tomorrow morning, we're going to be around people that need the compassion of Jesus. We're going to be around people that are weary and scattered like sheep without a shepherd. That's what this verse says. And we need to make it our business to show them the compassion of Jesus. We need to make it our goal to, to pray for people like that, to, to not be afraid to take the time even if you didn't see something spectacularly huge happen, I mean, that kid's forever going to be changed now because somebody took time to care about him. And it just so happened to be the exact thing that he wants to do with his life. I mean, how cool is God? How, how, how into the details is God? He's into the details, man. You know? And so um, that just, gosh, that stirs me up tremendously. Um, stirs me up tremendously. I, do you have anything you want to say on, on compassion? I mean, I think that, yeah, it's a lot of times we were, th- we were moved with compassion. Um, like, praise God that we were, mm-hmm. because that's what caused us to act. Yeah. You know, I know that we, I did a teaching about the difference between sympathy and empathy and moving to compassion, but there's action with compassion. Yeah. Um, it doesn't stay still. And so, yeah. We, good. Yeah. You. Well, I th- I, you, just, you just touched on something really powerful yeah. there. It, it, it's one thing. Am I okay? I just, I just keep saying, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. really good. Um, there's, you said it. There's action with compassion. We, we live in a society that sometimes the closest we get to a problem is to empathize with it. And, and that's not good enough in the kingdom. Can I say that again and, and really drive it home? That's not good enough in the kingdom. Jesus did not empathize from heaven. Jesus did not shout down from heaven, I love you. He got in a body and came here and died for us. So empathy is just not good enough in the kingdom of God. Compassion has action with it. 
So, I mean, I think part of what we want to do today is to stir the pot a little bit and stoke your fire a little bit to, to, to get our church into a place where, hey, we want to see the lost saved. We need to get to a place where our hearts burn more for other people than they burn for us. Amen. Yeah, amen. Oh, this is a good one, isn't it? Amen. Uh, we, we need to get to the place where, where our hearts are hungry to see people's lives impacted. And that goes beyond just me and mine and, and my family being taken care of. And this, you know, what are my needs and what do I want out of life? There are people dying and going to hell every single day. And we, we need to stand in between them and, and, you know, eternal judgment. We need to get in between them and their eternal destiny. And we need to see that changed. Amen. I think one of my great prayers is that, Lord, give me a burden for the lost. Give me a compassionate heart that when I see somebody in need, I don't just glaze over. I don't, let, I don't pass by that person, but I take the time to actually find out what the need is. And one of the things you alluded to, and, and it's coming back to my mind now, is that you, t- you took the time to talk to Sebastian yeah. to find out to like drill down into what was the yeah. problem. Um, we, we try to train our kids in this. Like, hey, don't be afraid to talk to people. Don't be afraid to start up a conversation with people. And as you do, listen on the inside. Listen to what the Holy Spirit would be saying. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, when you see somebody that has a, a challenge or a problem, or if you're at work and you see somebody that's, having a terrible day, find out why. Because in the process, God's going to bring things up in your heart that, that He's going to give you words to speak into their lives that's going to change them forever. Uh, and he may, he may prompt you to go get somebody else to bring them into the conversation like you did with Brienne and, and brought that guy Dan over and, you know, and Sebastian was encouraged. My point is be looking and be listening. We talked about it last week. Paul asked for prayer um, in Colossians in the last chapter there. He asked for prayer that, um, that there would be an open door to spread the gospel. And I remember when I read it, I thought, this is amazing. This guy is, is like hunting for opportunities to preach the gospel. And that's the way we need to live. Yeah. That's the way we need to live. It's not all about you. Right. It's not all about me. There's, a, there's a, a desperate world around us every day, and you don't have to get on a plane to go find it. Yeah, that's right. You can walk across the street to find it. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Let's, let's posture ourselves and, and position ourselves to get hungry and to yeah. get stirred up to make a difference. A lot of times we get hungry for our own needs to be met. Mm-hmm. We look at spiritual hunger, and oftentimes we look at it through a selfish lens. We think, oh, man, I want to I get hungry for God so that I can, you know, yeah. get something out of it. What if we got hungry for God so that we could be a greater impact in the kingdom, so that we could change the world? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, we, our team, we just talked about how can we bring that back to Boone and in our area. Um, you know, Vanessa, it's on her heart to work with the elderly population and hospice, and she said that's a huge need here. Um, there's a huge need in the Hispanic population. There's yeah. kids who don't get meals, you know, in our school system. And so just, like, ask God, what is it? And, you know, what, what in me, you know, where, 
those desires in your heart. What are my desires? You know, where can I be a need in my community? Um, obviously, we have the hospitality house. Even down the mountain in Wilkesboro is the Ebenezer home for children. There's grandfather home for children here. Um, but, yeah, we just need to, yeah, be stretched. Yeah. You know, it's just good. Yeah, amen. Get outside you yourself. Yeah, if you're standing still, you're not growing. So yeah. um, a little bit of uncomfortability, if Dis- that's a word. Discomfort. Discomfort. That's fine. Yeah. Then, you know, it's good. It means you're growing. It's yeah. good. Amen. Um, and one scripture that a friend of ours texted us on our way on the way down is Ephesians. Um, and we actually read this in our Bible study the other night. Caitlin read it. Ephesians 4. Um, and I'm going to start in 16. I'm reading from the Passion Translation, but this is a great scripture just to pray over yourself. Speak it out loud every morning over yourself, um, and you will absolutely see results. Verse 16 says, And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength. I'm sorry, verse chapter 3. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. You are like... I was going to say. Yeah. Chapter 3, verse 16 of Ephesians. Um, okay, verse 16 says, And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive mm. power. That, we just saw that. I mean, that was, that was Peru for us. Verse 17 says, Then... By constantly using your faith, mm. the life of Christ will be released deep inside you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Mm. I mean, absolutely. Pray this over yourself every day. Yeah. I'm just going to keep going. Verse 18 says, Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Verse 20 says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power Hmm. constantly energizes you. That's awesome. Let his power energize you. Yes. What are you dreaming of? What are you what are you thinking of? You know? God'll do it. That's what that's what this passage just says. Mm. That he can do it. Um but you just have to take your take your place, you mm. know, with him. Um mm. yeah. That's all. <laughs> I gotta stop talking. It's <laughs> good. It's yeah. excellent. I um my desire whenever I get the chance to travel or whenever I get the chance to see my wife or our team travel is always to take the momentum that they see in another nation uh, and in another group and see that sustained here in our community. Um, we, we, need to, we need to challenge ourselves daily to go beyond ourselves, um, go beyond what is comfortable for us, um, go beyond what our own need is and start to look at the harvest that's around us mm-hmm. and start to start to say, hey, you know what? 
it's, it's not just about bringing people to church with you on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's about actually stepping into their lives and being, you know, being the answer to their prayer, you know, being, being the person that God sends into their life to, to pray for them, to witness to them, to, to see their lives transformed. Um, I, I want to close with one scripture that comes from Acts chapter 8, and you don't have to turn there. You can just, just listen to it. It's, it's Philip when he goes down to Samaria. It says, Philip went down to the city of Samaria to preach Christ to them, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed, and the lame were healed. And then verse 8, this is the most amazing part. Verse 8 says, and there was great joy in that city. Mm-hmm. There was great joy in that city. When, when, we, when we do what we're talking about today, our community will experience great joy. Um, one of the things, one of the reasons that my wife and I are here in Boone is to, is to see a church raised up and cultivated that brings joy to this community. Not that there aren't other churches that are doing that, but we want, we're a part of that. And one of the things that I saw that, that stuck out to me in, in, uh, in my heart before we moved here, um, we would come up here for vacation, we would come to visit, we would go to you know, ASU football games and hang out and enjoy the mountains, and then we would go back to our church in Florida and, um, for the first couple of years that we were married. But one of the things that, that I saw was that people on the outside seemed to have the appearance of joy, mm-hmm. seemed to have the appearance of life being all put together. But down beneath that, religion has torn people's lives up. Uh, you know, dead works without the, without the power of God has really messed people's lives up. And uh, I've seen it over and over again prior to, to living here and, and now being in this community, our community needs joy. Yeah. Our community needs joy. Mm-hmm. They need the joy of truly knowing Jesus, yeah. not just checking a religious box of going to church because my grandmother went to that church and my mother goes to that church, so I got to go to that church too. That's not the relationship Jesus has called us yeah, into. He's called us to walk in His presence. He's called us to walk closely to Him. And so when the authentic gospel is preached in a community and God is able to back that gospel up with signs and wonders and power and He demonstrates His presence, the result of it is joy. And part of the reason we're here, you know, plowing this field and doing this work, it's not easy to to start a church, by the way. Um, And so part of the reason we're doing that is because we want to see joy in this community. Amen. Amen. That's part of why we're here. That's part of why you're here. That's right. You're the answer to somebody's prayer. Yeah, right. You're the answer to somebody. There's somebody right now been praying, asking God, Lord, if you're real, show me. Send somebody into my life that can, that can help me. And what, what, what happens if we walk past that person because we didn't ready our hearts to minister to them? I'm going to tell you, Christianity is not, is not just a, a bless me club where we come to church on Sunday, figure out what we can get for us. It's about pouring out the goodness of God into people's lives. I, I want to challenge us. I, wanna, I want us to wake up a little bit. 
to, to the needs that are in our community so that we can see God really begin to move. I'm, t- I'm telling you, you'll have, you won't have any, any problem being hungry for God if you lead somebody to Jesus. That's right. yeah. I, it is the most addicting thing in the world. It's the, it's the highest high you can have, I'm telling you. Leading somebody to Christ. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, Joy said it when she, I mean, she you know, she moved with compassion and tears. It, it, it doesn't get any better. It should never get old yeah. seeing somebody come to Christ. Right. Don't leave it up to the pastor. Don't leave it up. Don't say that's church business. That's what they have to do. No, we're, we're the church. You're the church yeah, on your job, in your school. Right. Amen. 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 You have anything else you want to say today or do you feel good? All right, let's bow our heads. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.